Hey, welcome to Who Knew It with Matt Stewart. And uh, this is not Matt Stewart, this is Saran Jayamana. We're in Sydney, we're about to be in Brisbane, we're doing live Who Knew It with Matt Stewart's in both those cities. And we're also doing our stand-up shows, uh, Dry Dry, is that right? That is correct, uh, Who Knew It's with Matt Stewart's, and also Dry Dry in Sydney at the Manning Bar, and in Brisbane at the beautiful Powerhouse. Oh, so good. And we're you're doing the Who Knew It's at the Chippo, and at the Good Chat Comedy. Anyway, we'd love to see you there, it'd be fantastic. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Who Knew with Matt Stewart, the show where the guests write the wrong answers. I'm the titular Matt Stewart, and our first guest this week is award-winning comedian David Quirk. Hello, Matt. What an intro. And the brevity of it. Good to see you. <laughs> our second guest this week is from Triple J and the Dugan Podcast. It's Jess Perkins. No awards. No awards. Yet. 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 Nah, no Stand by. Um, hello. Well, I think of time as being... An uh, award. An award. Life and, itself. And you have nothing but time. That's right. And awards. <laughs> so much time. If you follow that logic. That's true. I've lived. Yep. Um, and that's the, the best reward. Yes. I'm mm. going to stop talking. Do you have anyone to thank? For living? Yeah. No. I You've did that all gold, by myself. <laughs> gold in living. Yeah. Gold in not dying. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's the way, Jess. I mean, I say you're an award-winning comedian. That's true, isn't it? Well, yeah. Well. Yeah. Piece of wood. I did win that. Yep. Which is the comedian? That's the only thing I've won in comedy. And look out the thing where I won a thing called the medium rare comedy thing, like fifteen years ago. I'm counting that. I count that for sure. Where I won five grand at the local. Whoa! Yeah, and it was obviously a play on raw comedy. They called it medium rare. Oh, that's fine. I was quite new, but I did win that. Thanks to Dave O'Neill, who insisted that I win. You won five grand. Yeah, they that's, were different times. That's back great. Then. It was Nova. Nova were putting up the money. Oh, back then. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be some of that radio cash. It yeah. was. I took it and ran with it. Yeah, absolutely, as you should have. Have you ever been offered breakfast radio or something, one of those big paydays? No, and nor should I be, <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> All right. The way the show works is... <laughs> That's that. <laughs> That's that. <laughs> I ask a relatively obscure trivia question and our contestants have to write a convincing fake answer. I then read their answers as well as the real one and they have to guess which one is correct. Are we ready to play? Mm. Ready. So question one comes from listener Harry from Littlehampton in the UK. And Harry's question is, what does the word petrichor mean? What does the word petrichor mean? Mm. Great question, actually. Mm. <laughs> yep. I'm uh, looking for an award-winning answer from both of you. <laughs> and while they're writing their answers, I'll explain how the scoring works. So you get one point if your fake answer is guessed by the other contestant and another point if you correctly guess the answer. By the way, I'm also playing as the house. And I've put in two of my own fake answers for each question and I get a point for each one of those that our guests choose. So each of us can score up to two points per round. It seems fair, but the probability actually favours me. The house... And the house always wins. So if you've listened to previous episodes, you'll know this is usually not the case. Anyway, our questions come from our great Patreon supporters. If you would like to submit a question, sign up on any level via patreon.com slash pod, which is linked in the show notes. All right, the answers are in. So let's go back to the first question. What does the word petrichor mean? Here are your five options. A style of wood carving popularized in late 18th century Germany. A form of hardcore punk where all members of the bands are constantly petrified, <laughs> scared for their lives. <laughs> a pleasant smell that accompanies rain after dry weather. A short poem, typically made up of 10 short sentences, usually rhyming. Or a hat that an orphan boy wore in Victorian England. <laughs> okay, interesting one. Interesting mm, choices it there. Is. Okay. They are. Um, Do you need to hear any of those I, again? Or have you, you've I got wouldn't a good mind feeling? hearing, I feel the first one and maybe the fourth one. First and fourth. Uh, so we had 
style of wood carving popularized in late 18th century Germany. Petrichor. And a short poem typically made up of 10 short sentences, usually rhyming. And then we also had, a, a, what, a nice smell? Yeah, that was the one I was looking for. Uh, so we had uh, the hardcore punk. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but they're all petrified. They're all scared for their lives. Yep. Mm. Then we had a pleasant smell that accompanies rain after dry weather and a hat that an orphan boy wore in Victorian England. <laughs> Don't know if it's just one hat or a type of hat. Just Doesn't one hat. Right. So, yeah. Or one boy. One wore. boy. One boy. Yes. Yes. One made hat. it famous. Yes. Hard to say. Um, also, five is just a tricky... It's, Number hard, to, it's hard to remember. Hmm. Um, <laughs> there's also that. What's the word for that when five is a hard number to remember? Um, uh, do we answer? Uh, yes, ideally, yes. If you've got an idea, yeah, jump in there. Oh, an idea of the answer? Yeah. yeah. What's your gut feel? I wish they were written out in front of me. Um, <laughs> so you got the, the wood yeah. carving, yep. hardcore punk, yep. the smell after yep. rain, a short poem or a hat? I will say... A short poem. Short poem mm. for David Quirk. Lock that in. I've only ever heard Petrichor in like a Paul Kelly song once. And none, none of these are um, That's got to help. jumping that's, out though. That really. That I don't know feels, what PK would be singing about. Honestly, I don't think he's singing about. Is he singing about uh, German wood carving? <laughs> maybe you never know. Maybe that's a good point. He's done some interesting albums. Um, mm. That are very conceptual, so I, I, that wouldn't surprise me. Did he come up through the Petrichor punk scene? Um, yeah, is that it? Is that what he was singing about? Possibly, because that's the most musical of the answers. That's right. It's true. Um, Lots of like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> where they're yeah, freaking yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that would have been hard to to not be influenced by. Yes, you know, people are screaming. Mm. It is unlikely that he went from one to the other. That said. In, I know a bit about punk rock and oh. some of them do end up playing folky stuff. Yeah, yeah true. true. So it's true, not true. as crazy as it sounds. Yeah. Nick Cave went on a journey like that, didn't that's he? That's true. True, that's true. Um, Nicholas Cave. So <laughs> God, I never thought of him as a Nicholas. Mm. Like, I guess you're right. <laughs> I love pronouncing famous like, you know, Jonathan Cash. Yeah, that's Just fun. giving them their full name. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's what I do with you and David Quirk, but you really go by David Quirk. I do, <laughs> at least half the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, what do you think, Jessica Simpson? <laughs> <laughs> Jessica there Taylor you go. Perkins? Uh, Jesus. <laughs> Jessica Simpson. You've been thinking about my, my stand-up Alter bits. Alter ego. Yes. I'm, trying to, I'm writing a stand-up bit where I'm saying I'm, I want to – I want to get married just so I can have my partner's surname because his surname is Simpson and then I would be Jessica Simpson. Yeah, I like it. Um, and I think, I think that's enough. There's something to it. Um, okay, shit. Uh, what was the, the... So you had... I don't carving, think it's the orphan hat. Punk, <laughs> pleasant smell, <sighs> short poem, orphan hat. I'll go the, the, the wood carving. Mm. Wood carving? Yeah. I that was my... I, I thought about that. Yeah. Too. Mm. Yeah, that's I mean I could I could see Paul Kelly singing about it did, 18th know. century German wood. Well, the whole song wasn't about it. It was just one line, you know? So he might have mentioned it. All right, well, let's go through who wrote the answers. A hat that an orphan boy wore in Victorian England. That was written by the house. <laughs> I um, I had to quickly write that because I wrote initially one very similar to Quirk, which was <laughs> A form of hardcore punk music where all members of the bands are constantly petrified, scared for their lives. Okay, yes. That okay, was, good. Great minds think alike. I did think that was you and yeah. then I heard the orphan boy hat and I was like, oh, that's quirk because that was a joke we made earlier. Um, and, and I've got no imagination at all. No, that's, so fun. that's just, a fun callback. Yeah, yeah it is. Right. So an off-pod callback. Yeah. They always work well for the audience. Don't they? <laughs> that's just a little thing for us. Mm. Uh, so then we had a short poem typically made up of 10 short sentences, usually rhyming. That was written by Jess Perkins. Was it, Jess? I liked it. Thank you. So one point there for I Jess. I thought it was worthy. Yeah, Petrichor. Yeah. That's like Sounds... a weird little type of poem or something. Yes, it does, a, possibly. A style of wood carving uh, popularised in late 18th century Germany. That was written by the house, Ooh. in particular Harry the Question Writer. Oh, well done, Harry. Meaning the correct answer was a pleasant smell that accompanies rain after dry weather, which does sound like a Paul Kelly. Yeah, it sounds like something he would reference. It does. It's thing. quite, um, what's the word, literary yeah, and lovely, it's isn't beautiful. it? beautiful. But I didn't think, I didn't, that one, to me, I was like, nah, can't be that one. So Why would a certain smell have a, have a word? That's right. So is it, wait, it's the word that describes the smell? 
Yeah. So the, it's an adjective. Uh, I, no, I think that's what the smell's called. I think it's a noun. Oh. If I know what a noun means. It's, it's, a, it, yeah. it's a name. It's a name. The name of something. It's, yeah. Wow. So it's just like rain and after a dry spell. Yes. Is that it? And it was, um, huh. it was a term coined by Australian scientists in 1964. There you go. Not that long ago. Yeah. No. In the real scheme of things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like it. I'm going to use it. Me too. I like that a lot. Yeah, I think it's Are you kind sure of it's not the hardcore punk? Thing? <laughs> I think We're it should sure. be. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it sounds, it does not sound like what it is. I don't no. think. No. Yeah, yeah. It's not it onomatopoeic. Sounds, no. Yes. Yeah. It sounds yeah. much more like a punk, punk band. Yeah. You should go and see them. There's a particular band that is called Petrichor and they're really scared. <laughs> They're freaking out. They're the best, though. They're the best at it. And they, yeah, they have a beautiful scent. Yeah, they do yeah. as well. <laughs> do you know I, I um, read recently that humans can smell rain better than sharks can smell, like, prey in the water? Really? We just we can smell rain. Whoa. Isn't that great? I wonder how they measure that. Though. I don't know. <laughs> you know? I didn't read that deep into it. Yeah. I just went, that's that's sick. I'm going to tell everybody that. That's amazing. The, yeah, the Humans o- are incredible. We're actually, I think we're both the scariest animals, but yeah. also the most beautiful. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Well said. I would go as far as to say that I have noticed the rain with my eyes before <laughs> I even think about how it smells. Okay. Like I saw I was in Hobart just recently the mm. other day and I saw it coming in. Didn't smell a thing though. Wow. So, hmm. don't know what you're reading, Jess. Yeah, okay. It was a TikTok to be fair. I, I say think, reading, yeah, I was yeah. watching TikTok. <laughs> They're screwing the pooch yeah, on TikTok. interesting. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah, because the speed of light is faster than the speed of sound, right? That's why they, at a starter's pistol, will have the smoke. Because you'll see the smoke from a distance before you hear the gunshot. Yes, of course. I didn't know that. But where where then does the smell come into it? Do, do you smell the smoke? Well, sight is faster than smell. Right. They should start races with <laughs> smell. Yeah. Like yeah. The, sa- the speed of smell. Yeah, speed yeah. of smell. And so everyone's yeah. sitting there, you know, in their positions <laughs> yeah. and then just. Yeah. So so instead of a starter pistol, it's a starter, you know, perfect. Perfume squirter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. do they call them? Perfume squirter. Yeah. And the like fancy a fart, shops. A fart bomb or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, God, I'm running. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's we're a bit silly. We're, so. <laughs> <laughs> we're up to question number two, which comes from Adam King from Brooklyn in New York. And Adam's question is, what is notable about the village of Huscar in southern Spain? Huscar. Huscar. Can we get spelling on that word, please? Yes. Matthew. J-U-Z-C-A-R. Adam gave me a phonetic spelling. Yeah. Who's car? Who's car? Because I would have said just car. Yeah, yeah, yeah fully. You Which sounds like a, you know, a, a rental company. It does. <laughs> Got it from just car. Um, <laughs> just car insurance. They're just oh, cars. Yes. I worked there for a while. Um, what was the question again on top of all What's that? notable? Uh, what is notable about the village of who's car in southern oh, yeah. Spain? Very good question, actually. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, While you're writing your answers, uh, here's some more information about Petrichor for the listeners. And this comes from the American Chemical Society. So, like I said, it was a term coined by Australian scientists in 1964 to describe the unique earthy smell associated with rain. It is caused by the water from the rain along with certain compounds like ozone, geosmin and plant oils. Apologies for the pronunciation to the scientists listening. Of plant oils? (laughs) I think you got that one right. Do, do you think geosmin is right? Probably. I know plant oils was. Okay. <laughs> During dry weather, plants produce compounds that accumulate in between rocks and in soil. When it rains, these compounds are released into the air to add to the earthy smell of petrichor. Harry wrote, I first learnt of the word as the title of a song by the band In Search of Sun on their album Virgin Funk Mother. <laughs> <laughs> he said, it's a pretty good tune. You should check it out. Tongue out emoji. So okay. I don't know. That sort of undermines the tip, doesn't it? A little. Like, wait, should I, I check think it out? he's being cute. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, a, it's a cute tongue. Yeah, he's just like, check it out. I'm yeah. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm cute and quirky. <laughs> yeah. That's the sound. See, if we're doing, you know, I don't know what the smell of that emoji would be, but the sound of it would be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just um so I just did um Google because I couldn't remember what Paul Kelly song mentioned um the word petrichor and it's the song petrichor. <laughs> oh, it's the title. Yeah. 
Is that off his album uh, Virgin it's, Funk Mother? It's off mm. the album Life Is Fine. Oh wow, which you have a tattooed on your arm. Yeah. I should have known that. The one. whole album. I've got the whole album Including on there. Including the track listing. Yeah. Wait. All the lyrics. You, is that Petricor, the song Petricor that has Petricor mentioned in the lyrics? Yes. You have a tattoo of the album yeah. title. Yeah. What? <laughs> How could you not have known and more? And the, the, the cover of the album is uh, Paul Kelly in the water after rain. Oh, my God. It is all coming together. So I really should have put that one together a little better. You should have. I think so. Too. I think I might have to get this tattoo removed. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Oh, that's yeah. embarrassing. You've lost the right. Just, yeah, put, a, lost just the right. put a line through it. It's yeah. cheaper and less painful. Um, <laughs> all right. Your answers are in for question number two. So here it is again. What is notable about the village of Huscar in southern Spain? Every adult is required to serve at least one 24-hour period as mayor every calendar year. <laughs> Or face steep penalties at tax time. They take turns. Yeah. Love that. Uh, In 1962, it was the site of the lowest attended Elvis concert on record when he performed a three-hour concert for seven lucky Spaniards. (laughs) It's notable for its orange liqueurs. Oh. The entire village was painted blue in 2011 to promote the Smurfs movie, and they decided to keep it that way because it boosted tourism. Or cows outnumber people in the village by a ratio of five to one. Okay. There's some tricky ones. There is. So everybody gets to be there yep. for a 24-hour period. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Every child. Has to be. Was it? Every child? Every, every, uh, every adult. Every adult. Oh, I was going to say, I thought that's clearly wrong. <laughs> um, uh, then we had the small Elvis concert, mm-hmm. the orange liqueurs, uh, the Smurf village, or lots of cows. <sighs> that's tough. There's a few it could be. What was the second one? Just one more time, Matt, please. Uh, Elvis, the lowest attended Elvis concert on okay. record. Just seven Okay, I'm going to say... People. I'm going to say Smurfs. Smurfs. Really? Yeah. They yeah. painted an entire town blue to Look, promote I, the Smurfs movie. It's a town I've never heard of, so, yeah. it, you know, who knows? And yeah, no, that's true. You're pretty well travelled as well. So not that well. There's not many though. villages in southern Spain you wouldn't have visited. Yeah. That's right. It's yeah. the only one I missed. It yeah. was. Um, and this is they were 20- painting it at the time. <laughs> this is so in, what, 2011. They couldn't get a com. Yeah. 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 So it's probably yeah. I stood no chance. Yeah. <laughs> getting in there. Um, I, I, I stayed in a Paris hostel once, mm. and they didn't stop me from sleeping there when they were painting. Okay. <laughs> they didn't like literally didn't wake me up when they painted the dorm room I was sleeping in. Inside. Yeah. Woke up feeling <laughs> quite high on fumes. High, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's so uh, funny. The Close that room. Oh, no, it's so weird. Just get wake me up and go, hey, sorry, mate. We're gonna have to paint today. Yeah. Don't book people in that room. That's <laughs> Or you might have to get up. Yeah. Not just yeah. Like, come in. I think it was like it was the morning, so it would have been reasonable to go. Hey, really sorry, but yeah, we got to paint. But it's like we don't want to disturb him. Mm. No, yeah, you keep sleeping. They're all wearing their prints. masks, I'm sure, to protect themselves. I'm sure the sound of like rollers on a wall is quite soothing, oh, bit yes. like white noise. Yes. So you probably had a beautiful sleep. It's like SM, what's it called? Um, uh, BDSM. <laughs> like BDSM. ASMR. ASMR, yeah. Uh, orange liqueurs, too many cows. Smurfs, Elvis concerts, Elvis Smurfs, con- mares. I don't think only seven people would turn up to an Elvis concert. Yeah. Ever. Maybe these days. And him to commit to a three-hour. Yeah. Sticking through it. So I don't oh, – I'd love it to be Elvis, but I don't think it is I imagine Elvis. Clerk would call off a show if seven people were there. Yeah. Oh, maybe – maybe I've done that, but I've played to seven. I also think that one might be a joke just because – I don't know if it's okay to use the word Spaniards anymore. <laughs> oh, is that true? <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but I think yeah, it's wow. not – I don't think you're supposed to say Spaniards. Oh, really? Anymore. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't know. Well, mate, correct me if I'm wrong, I listeners. I understand. Well, well, I apologise if that's good. Maybe out. should I beep it out? Yeah. <laughs> no, leave it in. I think it's a cool word. I think it's, it's great a nice. Too. I just thought it would be the equivalent of Australians. Yeah, but it's not. Oh, I don't you know. have to say maybe Spanish I'm, people. Maybe I'm being too PC. Okay. Or, or maybe we're all damned to be cancelled. Oh, that's Who that knows? was inevitable anyway, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was with this sort of hot topic. <laughs> yeah, just waiting for Who's my car? cancelling. <laughs> 
Um, I forgot. What was the first one? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the Mayor one. 24 oh. Hour Mayor. So 24 Hour Mayor, Elvis concert, Orange Liqueur, Smurf movie or Cows? <laughs> I'm going to go 24 Hour Mayor. I don't necessarily think that's it, but I want it to you be. You don't agree with it, but you're going <laughs> to. I think it's a bad system yeah, for yeah. sure. I think the lack of consistency in government. Um, but well, ma- Mayors are usually, it's almost like an honorary kind of role, isn't it? How much power does a mayor yeah. actually All have? Right, come on. It you is, know, they're whatever. just figureheads. Yeah, figure they wear those silly robes. Sometimes. How do you take them seriously? I mean, there's towns that have a cat for the mayor. You know, like people don't take the mayor seriously. That sounds like a good town. <laughs> In that regard, it could be the right answer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's go through who wrote the answers. Uh, cows outnumber people in the village by a ratio of five to one. That was Jess Perkins. Thought that'd be fun. I think, yeah. The one about the Elvis concert with the cancelable word, apparently, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was (laughs) written by the house, uh, in particular, Adam, the question writer. Yeah. You know, these New Yorkers. Yeah. They don't know about, they don't respect other cultures because they're in a real monoculture there. I think that's awesome, Adam. (laughs) (laughs) You're so quick to be like, it wasn't me that wrote that one. That was Adam. Throwing Adam under the bus Mm, for sure. Uh, You can get away with it. (laughs) Being notable for its orange liqueurs, that was David Quirk. Mm. <laughs> Nothing funny about that one. <laughs> but they can't all be funny. It sounded believable. It did. Yeah. Absolutely it did. It might even be true. Yes. We could simply, have guessed it. We simply don't know. Uh, then we had uh, the one about the mares. That was written also by Adam from New York. Okay, <laughs> the house. <laughs> uh, I want it to be true. Meaning that the correct answer was David Quirk's one about the Smurfs. They painted an entire town to promote the Smurfs movie. Yes. You know, in hindsight, I feel like I had heard of it. it like just sort of, you know, you got awesome. this sort of memory. It sort of made some sense it's to me. It's very vague mm. in the back of your mind yeah. somewhere. Oh, so well done. Done it. Show us the blue. <gasps> it's very blue. It's pretty cool, actually. Were they premiering the movie or just what the hell? Yeah, you know why I mean? did they choose this place to paint everything blue? Well, I believe it was, you know, they just went around going, hey, we want to do a promo. And they were a village like, yeah, we could use the money to, yeah. we're happy to paint the, because like traditionally those kind of villages were all white. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, they just found a lot of um, t- more tourists were coming and the locals were, you know, starting to dress up as Smurfs and sell merch and stuff. Oh, so wow. It's kind of cool. I think it, to this day it's still going, even though the Smurfs descendants, uh-huh. for the creators of mm. the Smurfs descendants, I don't think the Smurfs are real. Are they? <laughs> I'm not sure. No, I don't want to. I won't confirm. We'll never time. know. <laughs> no, how could you? But yeah, apparently they were like basically sent a cease and desist. But, oh. but the town, so the town's going to keep the blue, but they might have to get rid of their Smurf statues and stuff. Oh my God. But that's kind of good, I guess. I think they'll just go for like home brand Smurfs instead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh no, no, these aren't Smurfs. Smurfs. Yeah. It's <laughs> just. It's just blue. Don't worry about it's it. It's just blue. It's These just are blue. our little blue characters, the small. Okay, don't okay. worry about it. Good one. Uh, all right. Question number three comes from Siraj Pierce from Macau. And Siraj's question is Which of these is a real bird? So you've just got to make oh, up a species of bird. Love mm-hmm. making up a species of bird. You don't need to give a description of it, just the name of the bird is all you need to give. That's it. the question. Which of these is a real bird? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Just come up yeah. with a bird. And while you're writing your answers, here's some more information about. Whose car? According to Lonely Planet, it's a village in Andalusia with a population of around 250 people and uh, 1,250 cows. No, that's that's possibly true. And it was formerly filled with whitewashed homes. In 2011, Sony Pictures won agreement from the villagers to paint every building blue in 2011 to promote the Spanish premiere of the Smurfs 3D movie, which they call in Spain Los Pitufos. Um, they chose the village as it's famous for its fungi or fungi. Uh, and Smurfs, of course, love mushrooms, apparently. Painters came in and coated the entire town with 4,200 litres of blue paint in what was meant to be a temporary publicity stunt. However, after the positive reaction the colourful transformation garnered, residents voted to keep their homes blue permanently and capitalised by promoting Huscar as the world's only Smurf village. Tourists descended on the location where Smurfs are painted on walls and locals even dress up as Smurf characters to pose for photos. <laughs> so they're That's really making the, making the most of it. Yeah, I think it's sweet too. And it I feels see silly how, by the, yeah. the Smurf estate to be like, hey, stop giving us this free publicity. Yeah, they don't mm. own the colour blue. No. Yeah. As far as I know. And it does, don't you think it, like, it just keeps it in people's minds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is that a bad thing? Yeah. 
I totally agree. Let's bash him. Yes. Yeah. Let's I, bash the Smurfs. I agree. Let's bash him. <laughs> you know what? I'm with uh, – all of a sudden I'm with that uh, Gongamel or the baddie from yeah. the Smurfs. Yeah. Let's go kill the Smurfs. Yeah. yeah. Boil They've them had up. it too good for too long. <laughs> Let's get him. They call everything Smurf. Yeah. Ugh, they're nightmares actually. Uh, let's boil them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the answers are in. So let's go back to question number three. Which of these is a real bird? The red-breasted baron? Inspector duck? <laughs> satanic nightjar? Oh. Irish top of the morning? <laughs> or the flightless bassoon? Oh, my God. Mm. Those are also good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Okay, can we have them again? The red-breasted baron. There's always a red-breasted mm. something. That's fun to say. I love a double B. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Inspector Duck. Inspector Duck. Satanic Nightjar. <laughs> Irish Top of the Morning. Or the Flightless Bassoon. Okay. Okay. Should, I'll, 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 yeah. I'll... I may as well go for the... What I, it's clearly the first one is the real one. Okay. I like that. I may as well go for the one I think is right. This yeah, is that, a competition that is, after all. The, that is definitely aim what, of the, game. the aim of the game. Okay, good. I've passed. I think it's either Flightless Bassoon or the um, the Night something. Satanic Nightjar. <laughs> I would have – I think they're all great. If the house or whoever came up with a lot of those, I commend them. Yeah, but um, good like, stuff. But the Satanic throws it off being real, yeah, I'm afraid. Yeah, you're right. The so, Night – Night what? Satanic night jar. Yeah, like that sounds nah. – the night jar, I can imagine it sounds like possibly. But night satanic, jar sounds like a like some sort of plant. Something uh, Matt would have next to his bed. That's right. Like a nightshade. Yeah, yeah. That's in a jar. In a jar. <laughs> but you're right, satanic throws it off. Mm. Flightless bassoon. That's uh, – I could have gone for that one too. I'm going to go honest. flightless bassoon. Flightless bassoon, I locking that fun. in. For Jess, all right, well, let's go through who wrote the answers. Inspector Duck, that was the house. <laughs> yes, I have been watching that Wu-Tang Clan <laughs> uh, series. Irish Top of the Morning, that was written by the house, in particular Siraj. Love I that. I think it's fantastic. Love work. that Siraj. Mm, it's very good. Uh, then we had The Red-Breasted Baron, which Quirk said is clearly the right answer. That was written by Jess Perkins. Shit it. <laughs> <laughs> it's always, something's always red-breasted. Uh and I'm Jess went for the flightless bassoon, which was written by Quirk, <laughs> meaning the satanic night jar is correct. Boy, oh, <laughs> and you, I, I you talked me out of it. By I being, sit here flabbergasted. Yeah. But, we, we, but you're right. The satanic really throws off. Why would that's they? That's pretty cute. We went for each other's That answers, is nice, Jess, isn't it? Yeah. That was Very super connected. cute, actually. Um, um, the satanic night jar. Yeah. Officially my favourite bird. I reckon... Uh, that is the mascot for the Petrichor bands. Yes. Yeah. The Satanic Nightjar. But, like, sometimes they do... Um, Got to look it up. In naming things, they do, like, really project onto them. There Wasn't there a fish one time that was, like, called... It was like, called a dickhead or something, or sarcastic or something <laughs> like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, sarcastic like, fringe head. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm not sure you can put a tone on That's a fish. Funny. <laughs> well, that is crazy about the Satanic Nightjar. It's the name of a band, the Satanic Nightjars. Mm. Anyway... Last uh, last week's one was about a fish, and the real answer was the bony eared ass fish. <laughs> really? Yeah. So I'm. Um, yeah. I can't trust anything anymore. <laughs> no. The bony eared ass fish, mm. and I I can picture exactly what it looks like. <laughs> and its alternative name is the cavernous ass fish, which is wild. Oh, anyway. Wow. Neither are good. No. The ass fish part is what they've really committed to. And if I was that fish, I'd be like, come on. Well, cavernous as well. Yeah, just call me Gavin. <laughs> Gavinous. Mm. I'm a Gavinous fish. Uh, all right. Well, we're up to question number four. I don't, do you want a quick score check? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Uh, on two points, we have Jess Perkins. Okay. On two points, we have David Quirk. <gasps> but on two points, we have the house. Oh, three-way tie. Mm. It's anybody's game. <laughs> That's exciting. Yes, it is. And we're reaching the halfway mark here with question number four. This one comes from Ashley Dickinson from Bradford in West Yorkshire. And Ashley's question is, Chuck Tingle is a self-published author of bizarre erotic fiction. Which of the following is the title of one of his books? So you need to come up with the title of a bizarre erotic fiction. Just okay. his name, the name of the author again? Uh, Chuck Tingle. Chuck Tingle, and it's erotic, bizarre erotic? Yeah, bizarre erotic fiction, okay. self-published. 
I mean, if presumably, that's yeah, yeah, okay. not one of those. He doesn't have a major deal yet. Penguins uh, publishing some of his bizarre yeah. <laughs> erotic fiction. Bizarre Chuck Tingle. Chuck Tingle. Fuck, that's a great name. That's a great name. And while you're writing your answers, here's a little bit more information about that bird I just talked about. According to Siraj, local superstition says it's named for the repetitive plip plop sounds it makes at night. Locals believe this bird tears people's eyes out while they sleep. And this is where the plip-plop sound comes from. So, yeah, pretty grim. Um, I don't think they actually tear people's eyes out while they sleep, though. And uh, some people don't even think they make that sound. It's just all a bit of a misunderstanding. <laughs> You're making yourself laugh. Yeah. If that's the way, yeah. <laughs> You know what? I'm going to commit with it. I'm going to commit to it. I'm always excited to see uh, what comes up after Jess makes herself laugh. <laughs> it's usually dumb. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. I think you've got the Chuck Tingle tone. <laughs> That's good stuff. That You'll good never stuff. pick it. <laughs> Maybe I want to read some Chuck Tingle. Mm. Mm. Get tingly. Yeah. <laughs> That's his tagline. Get tingly. All right. Order your Chuck Tingle bizarre <laughs> erotic novel now. <laughs> the answers are in. So here's question number four. Chuck Tingle is a self-published author of bizarre erotic fiction. Which of the following is the title of one of his books? The Torrid Nightlife of Sophia Black. <laughs> My hat has an unhealthy obsession with head. <laughs> the gardener stole my money and then fucked me. <laughs> Gay T-Rex law firm, executive boner. <laughs> or every dick everywhere all at once. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, they're all beautiful. Mm, uh, I want to add all to cart, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want these whole, these whole back catalogue. Uh, I am going to need them again. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think yeah. it wouldn't hurt, would yeah, it, Yeah, I think it would hurt. So you got the torrid nightlife of Sophia Black. Mm -hmm. my, hat has an, my hat has an unhealthy obsession with head. The gardener stole my money and then fucked me. <laughs> Gay T-Rex law firm, executive boner, or every dick everywhere all at once. I think I'm going between the T-Rex or the hat. I'm going to go with the hat. I'll, I'll jump in and say the gardener. Okay. Right. The gardener stole my money. <laughs> well, I might have missed the point of the brief in that. No, anyway, um, you, I'll explain later. All right. <laughs> well, uh, with your answers locked in, let's go through who wrote the answers. Uh, the Torrid Nightlife of Sophia Black. That was quirk. That was And, like, I've missed the brief in that that could actually be and a Mills and Boone. Yeah, sort totally. Of, yeah, but yeah. it's not bizarre enough. Now that I've heard all the others, I'm like, <laughs> I fucking hate this writer. He's bizarre, yeah. erotic. Yeah. Like just one of those is correct, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's not mine, obviously. And I don't like him. <laughs> yeah, that, it's saying. too weird. It's, too, it's just like silly. Yeah, he's yeah, prolific yeah. as well and they're all big sellers. Silly. Uh, well, no, he's probably quite good, I but I wouldn't I read it. I yep. think it's sort of like, I think it's maybe a little satirical. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, clearly. Or something. God, you'd hope so. Yeah. I don't know. What I'd it, hate to be really earnestly writing that stuff. You I know. know. Uh, I just wanted to use the word torrid. Oh, it's to be so honest. good. fantastic. Yeah. And that's the thing. If the others hadn't been so ridiculous. It would have fitted in quite well. Uh, yeah. Had absolutely. I not totally missed the brand. No, but how would yeah. you, how could you possibly know? I, know? I mean, all you would have needed to do is put a brackets. Uh, Sophia is a... A ball bag or something. <laughs> yeah. Sophia yeah. Black, the... See, I, my brain doesn't work that way. I've got nothing. No. The sentient chair. The arse fish. Yeah. Yeah, the sentient right. chair. Now we're, now now we're, we're in talking. tingle territory. Yeah, how, Put could that you, in. <laughs> how could you possibly know that uh, his titles are all ridiculous? But are they? Uh, Every Dick Everywhere All at Once. Uh, that was written by The House, That's in particular Ashley. That's then we had My Hat Has an Unhealthy Obsession with Head. That was written by me, The House. That's good, actually. That is good. It? Tickled me a little. Tingled you love me hats a little bit. Too. I love hats. You're a hat boy. Yeah. <laughs> Should have known. My hat loves head. 
And uh, the gardener stole my money and then <laughs> fucked me. That was Jess Perkins. <laughs> yep, good, Jess. So I keep laugh. getting sucked into Jess's bloody... Yeah. Meaning the correct Ways. answer was, Jess, you almost went for it. Gay T-Rex Damn Law Firm it. Executive Boner. That's the actual That's book. the actual Gay T-Rex yeah. Law Firm mm. Executive Boner. Which was, I oh, think, the most like, ridiculous of all of them. Is mm. it is the boner because it's a like a T-Rex skeleton or is it an a, it's a fully oh, formed no, I think T-Rex? It's, then I don't fully get it. No, it's, I oh, know, it says there's an executive, there's a T-Rex as mentioned, Executive Boner. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot going on. And it's a bit gay T Rex. It's a bit busy, busy for me. I think <laughs> I would say busy. that is something about the work of Chuck Tingle. Very busy guy. Um, I can tell. I'll, let me see if I can. I'm absolutely gonna read um, him. Yeah, I think I'm gonna this, titillate to okay. Tingle. This might be my um, my bedtime reading now, mm. but aloud. Was it Chuck Tingle? Yeah, Chuck Tingle. That's made up. So I've just looked him. Oh, the first one that comes up on Amazon is Angry Man Pounded by the Fear of His Latent Gayness <laughs> Over a Dinosaur Transitioning into a Unicorn. Okay. Oh, see, it's. I wouldn't have been so harsh on him had I known it was niche gay erotica. <laughs> okay. Which I have much more respect for. Yes. For some reason. I thought it was just some straight moron. Okay. <laughs> the one that I've just seen is the sentient bread I just baked is a lesbian and she eats my ass. <laughs> so right. I'm actually, good, isn't it? yeah, yeah I'm you've a big both fan come, now. You've both gone full circle here. Space raptor butt invasion. This is good stuff. You haven't gone full circle. You've gone half a circle. All right. Here's question number five. Uh, oh, he's far you- more interesting than I even knew him. Like... It's a pseudonym for starter. Of course yeah. it's a fake. I mean, the guy's a genius. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. You've yeah. gone from hating him to now his biggest fan. Yeah, he should read a copy of fucking my torrid nightlife yeah. of mm. Sophia Black yeah. as far as I'm concerned. I think we should start a book club and we should read Chuck Tingle's work. Yeah, once That'd a month. Nice. A new Tingle. Class of Tingle heads. Yep. I reckon once you've crossed out your Paul Kelly tattoo, mm-hmm. you should... Uh, you know, replace it with a Chuck Tingle. I agree. Yeah. Agree. Hard agree. Yeah. Um, question number five comes from Abel Bracegirdle from London, which is a fantastic name, Abel. Oh well done. Is that a pseudonym? Mm. It's got to be. Uh, Abel's question is, Yuri Geller is a famous spoon-bending psychic. In the early 2000s, who did he sue and why? Who did a spoon-bending psychic sue in the early 2000s? Yeah. It's and always why too broad. He? Because um, it could be fucking anybody. Very litigious, this um, guy, maybe. Okay. Litigious, could you hear? Good one. Good word. Yeah. Didn't know that word until recently. Litigious? Litigious. Yeah, I don't think I could ever use it in a sentence, but I've heard Matt, it. Matt just did that, didn't he? So impressive. It's really flexing his muscle. Yeah. <laughs> okay, who did Yuri sue? Yuri Geller sue, yep. Uh, while you're writing your answers, here's some more information about that fantastic Chuck Tingle book. According to Goodreads, when Donnie lands a job at Jurassic Law, the world's leading T-Rex law firm, he's absolutely thrilled. Unfortunately, after just one day, it quickly becomes clear that Donnie's new position entails more than just legal work. Uh-oh. Soon Donnie makes the deal of a lifetime and finds himself contractually bound into a gay T-Rex gangbang that gives new meaning to the term Dinosaur bones. Hey, okay. you're, you're, we're on it, Jess. Yeah, mm. okay. You and Chuck Tingle. Oh, I've never seen you both in the same room, actually. Nah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, while you're still writing your answers, let's go for a quick break. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Okay, the answers are in. So here is question number five. Who did Yuri Geller sue in the early 2000s and why? He sued a man who thought slanderous things about Geller while he was reading his mind. <laughs> he sued the makers of Pokemon, alleging they used his likeness in creating one of their characters. Oh. He sued the makers of a local theatre production of Mary Poppins for their use of the song A Spoonful of Sugar, not realising the song was from the original movie that came out before he was born. 
He sued Soundgarden over their song Spoon Man as this was one of his registered trademarks. Or he sued his ex-wife for taking 51% of his bent spoon collection in the divorce. (laughs) (laughs) These are all very good. (laughs) They are, they are, they are. Um... Yeah, one more time. We need just a quick recap, just with keywords. Okay, the the man who, he sued the man who thought slanderous things. That's fucking funny. Mm. Sued the makers of Pokemon. He sued the local theatre production of Mary Poppins. Sued Soundgarden. Or he sued his ex-wife. And yeah, did, tell me, sorry, Jessica. Did you say like what sort of time period this is in, in what uh, year? Early two thousands. <laughs> it's making me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Soundgarden one. What was the reason he wanted to sue Soundgarden? Uh, Spoon Man was one of his registered trademarks. <laughs> That's a, what a great way to try and see someone. Like yeah. they write it. It's, like, it's my registered trademark. Yeah, funny. good 10, 10 years or so later as well. Yeah. He heard it on classic rock radio. Or something. Yeah, that's mine. Hang on. I'm, Hang on. The, I'm spoon the spoon man. man. I can't think of a. I, I, I want it to be Pokemon. I think it's Pokemon. All right, lock in Pokemon for Jess. That feels, you know, early 2000s. Yeah, I'll say um, Slanderous Thoughts. Oh, slanderous yes, thoughts? I want it. That's so <laughs> funny. I should say you can also, you can always go for the same answer. Uh, well. well, I thought I'd mix it up. No, I appreciate for that. For the I listeners' just, I sake. I thought I should let you know. Mm, thank you. Just in case. Look, I do it for the listeners. Yeah. yeah. It's just about making an entertaining show. All right, well, let's go through. Who wrote the answers. Uh, he sued his ex-wife for taking 51% of his bent spoon collection in the divorce. That was Jess Perkins. I thought that was pretty funny. That's pretty you funny. Wrote, that's really good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he sued Soundgarden over their song Spoon Man. Uh, that was written by The House. Okay. He sued the makers of a local theatre production of Mary Poppins. That was David Quirk. That's good. Mm. That's very good. Do you think so? Well, yes, it, it's yeah, funny. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with it, just <laughs> quietly. <laughs> Uh, so that means one of you is correct. Oh. So it's either hearing the man's thoughts. Fuck, I want it to be that one. I hope, you, I hope you're right. Which Quirk went for or the Pokemon one, which Jess went for. But it is the Pokemon yeah. one. So Damn point it. to Jess. I mean, it's, it makes more sense. It does, but it's the more boring one of yeah, the two. Yeah, of course. Imagine that's... if he sued someone for having <laughs> slanderous thoughts. How do you prove that? Oh, man, it's so good. Yeah, most of these make him sound like he's lost his mind. Yeah. These people, I've seen these kinds of people at the Adelaide Fringe years mm. ago, and they blow, they trick everyone, and they, they are sort of egomaniacs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the only reason why slander thoughts wouldn't be true is because the act is fake, so they're not actually reading anyone's <laughs> yeah. mind. Yeah. So therefore, right. they'll never know the slander thoughts that people like me have towards them. Imagine just being in the courtroom, being like, "I this is what he thought." Yes. Like, okay. Mm. Word for word. Word for word, <laughs> and then and then you'd have to try and read the minds of the judge. To prove you could read minds. Oh, but yes. you still can't prove what somebody thought, you know, mm. X many weeks, months ago. It would be fun because, yeah, you could be like going, do you remember three? No, that is not true what you're thinking now. Yeah. And that wouldn't that convince you? Oh, yeah, big time. <laughs> Jury number four is thinking about a porn star and not paying attention, mm. you know? <laughs> Uh, so that's a point for the house because uh, I wrote the uh, the mind one and a point for Jess who picked the correct answer. Oh. Quick score update. Uh, oh, I'm having a lose. They work on streak. two points. Mm. <laughs> Jess Perkins on four points and the house also on four points. Still okay. anyone's game. Anyone's game. Okay. Uh, so we're up to question number six. Only two questions to go. This one comes from Steve Kayser from Sydney, Ohio, God's country itself. And Steve's question is, why did Bill Bennett make the news in December 2004? While you're writing those answers, let me tell you more about Yuri Geller's case. Uh, Nicole Carpenter wrote for Polygon in 2020. Two decades ago, magician and illusionist Yuri Geller sued Nintendo in a California court for its Kadabra Pokemon card, alleging the company used his likeness to create the character. You see, Geller is known for his spoon-bending trick, just like Kadabra. Now, Geller is apologizing for the lawsuit in which he claimed Nintendo turned him into an evil occult Pokemon character and stole his identity by using his name and his signature image, according to a BBC story from the year 2000. The California lawsuit was dismissed in 2003. He reportedly filed several other lawsuits globally, according to The Guardian. Um, But yeah, basically, the lawsuits meant that they, they didn't make that character anymore. But he's he's backflipped on it 
uh, saying, I'm truly sorry for what I did 20 years ago. I'm releasing the ban. It's now all up to Nintendo to bring my Kadabra Pokemon card back. It will probably be one of the rarest cards now. Much energy and love to all. He sounds all right, doesn't he? <laughs> I love that he wished me energy. Yes. Mm. Well, I could use that. Yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah. That, that's to all as well. It's inclusive. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. He's it's, it's got a bit of Vanessa Ramorossi about. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, is that everybody? Yeah. How's it go? Absolutely everybody. <laughs> Absolutely everybody. Everybody, everybody. And that's what I, I just think that's a beautiful Absolutely sentiment. everybody in the whole wide world. Yes. It's lovely stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's clever marketing Should as that well. be our anthem? You know what I mean? <laughs> the world anthem? Yeah. Yeah, I think it should be. <laughs> the world anthem? Yeah. Have we got one of them yet? All right, the answers are in. So here's question number six. Why did Englishman Bill Bennett make news in December 2004? He won a running race against a former racehorse. <laughs> He was the first person after Tom to sign up for a MySpace account. (laughs) I I like that. That's good. Despite looking like an average-sized baby, he had no mass and his official weight was recorded a zero kilogram. (laughs) Wow. I like that. He sold a single cornflake on eBay for £1.20 or he jumped from a Cessna airplane at height, naked, sans parachute, erect, landing in his partner who laid on the ground and lived. (laughs) They're all quite good. Aren't they? <laughs> uh, um, That's they front all, page. Yeah, but, some yeah. of those are like you know in the in that the quirky news section, you know, deep in the paper. But that last one is That's front page. Front page. Yeah. It's world class. That's yeah, worldwide. What, what are, the some of them? Some one of them's real, which is pretty <laughs> funny, isn't it? Um, for just real quick from the top, Matt uh, won a running race against a former racehorse. Yep, signed up second to MySpace. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Baby didn't weigh anything. Yep. Uh, sold a cornflake or um, jumped out of a plane okay. naked and erect. Mm. <laughs> Hard, Hard to do. Hard to do. I'm going sold a cornflake. Sold a cornflake. It, it is the sort of thing the British would do, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. it would make the news. <laughs> just, some just reeks. What a of, funny thing to. Oh, yeah. Just tar, I'm going to tar classic. them with the cornflake brush. <laughs> yeah. Um, Fantastic. I will say uh, first one was well, I'll say racehorse. Racehorse. The former racehorse. He ran a, a he ran against it. The he, British. He ran and won. He ran and won. <laughs> <laughs> so um, <laughs> let's go through who wrote the answers. Uh, first person to sign up to MySpace after Tom. That was in by the house. That's funny. It's mm. funny because like why would that make the news? Exactly. It's not a thing when there's only two people on it. Yeah. Um, also, anyway, whatever. Um, <laughs> That's true. I didn't see it that way, but no, it's me true. Either, but yeah. It's very true. Despite uh, looking like an average-sized baby, he didn't weigh anything. That was also the house. <laughs> I just thought it'd be so funny that a baby's on the scales. And they're like, the scales that broken. It reminds me of another scale. He's a weight anything. <laughs> the late great comedian George Carlin. I used to buy some of his CDs back Sick. in the day and DVDs, mm. and he had this on the liner notes of the CD. I think it was a CD. Maybe it was a DVD, but it had all these like really funny um, like ailments that don't exist. Right. And one of them I remember was like cancer of the lap, <laughs> you know, because the lap doesn't always exist, which I think is funny. And, um, and That's right, the lap. Whoa. The lap. When you're sitting, and also yeah, the lap. I thought what are the other parts of the body that don't exist? I thought the fist. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't always exist. Yeah. Um, but uh, another one that always made me laugh was total weight loss, <laughs> which is kind of what that joke yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Like, so just don't, it's just not there. Wow. Just total weight loss. I mean, the, yeah, the lap thing is really blowing my mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not of the, the lap. It's there right now. Yeah. But once I get up, it's oh gone. I don't have a lap. <laughs> That's crazy. Rip, Whoa. rip. Wood chip. Mm. Turn it into paper. paper. <laughs> uh, he jumped from a Cessna plane <laughs> naked, sans parachute. Can I erect. have a guess of who wrote that one? <laughs> yeah. I think that might have been Dave Quirk. You were correct. What gave it away? <laughs> the word sand or the sexual nature of it? Or... <laughs> Bit of all of it. It's yeah. quite beautiful. And lived. And lived. <laughs> and lived, mate. I realise it, it says that the partner might, might have been the one who lived. Yeah. He might have died. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been quite shocking for yeah. the partner. Then. <laughs> like, I'm fine. But my partner. But now dead. you're inside me and dead. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. not a way to go. <laughs> well, what a way to go. What a way to go, but not a way for someone to go on you. No. And in you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, 
Then we had, he won a running race against a former racehorse. That was written by Jess Perkins. <laughs> oh, fuck, I've got a real penchant for going <laughs> yeah, with Jess's. you like mine. Yeah. You like my writing. Mm, my biggest fan. Jess has a real <laughs> penchant for guessing the right answer. She's done again here. He sold a single cornflake on eBay for £1.20. I mean, it was obvious in a way. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously you can pick the same as Jess and... You know, current form, you should pick the same as Jessica. She keeps getting them right. I can't think of anyone better to lose to, to be honest. (laughs) Wow. Um, He sold a single cornflake. It's it's one of those things where sometimes people will sell something that is worth no money. Well, like a whole whole pack of um, cornflakes would probably go for a similar price or just. So it is some ironic purchase. Exactly. And people think it's funny. And and it's like only because it's 2004, because now that's not making news, is it? That only makes news if it's sold for a million pounds. I guess so. Why would it make news? It's like, You'd oh, spend yeah. more on shipping it to someone mm. and it would arrive crushed. Mm. What, are you wrapping that in bubble wrap? You probably, yeah, pound 20 worth of... Put it in a post pack. Yeah, bubble, so you've, oh, paid, post pack you've paid a pound 20 mm. for the novelty of receiving a cornflake in the mail. I get that. That's funny. All right, we're up to the final question. Uh, so I should give you a score check just to let you know. David Quirk's on two points. Mm. The house is on four points, but out in front with a double point round there, Jess Perkins is on six wow. points. Wow, and I haven't even cheated this time. <laughs> it's anyone's game, though. I can still come back. Genuinely, it is anyone's game because the final round is worth triple points. So if you have the perfect round here, you get six points and you would leap into the lead. Okay, well, I was Easy. joking, but yeah. love it. Uh, and we always finish with a film synopsis. Okay. Question. So this will be your longest answer. Okay. So about, you know, a short paragraph mm. about this film. Um, the question comes from Edward Bassanelli from Canberra. And Edward's question is, what is the film synopsis of 2009's The Jerk Theory? The Jerk Theory. What is the film synopsis of 2009's The Jerk Theory? Mm. The Jerk Theory. Okay. Okay. Uh, while your answers are being written, here is some more information about that cornflake sale. According to the Coventry Telegraph, Bill Bennett was a Coventry University student and he put the solitary flake on internet auction site eBay as a joke, but was stunned when six people entered into a bidding war for it. Bill, aged 19, had the idea while sat down having breakfast and reading a letter about his student loan. He said, I was thinking about how I was going to pay it off and I was looking at my bowl of cornflakes at the same time. I'm a bit of a prankster, and I thought I'd put one on eBay. I'm surprised myself by getting a pound 20, but I've no idea who bought it, and I'm still waiting for payment off them. It seems to be proof that people will buy anything. The e-commerce student sale attracted interest from net surfers from as far afield as America and Canada. I think that really dates it to a time, net surfers. Bill went on to say, I've sold some other strange items, like a packet of nothing for 15p, and a Tesco name badge for six pounds. God knows what they wanted it for. All right, your answer in for the final question. Here it is. What is the film synopsis of 2009's The Jerk Theory? A feature-length documentary trying to scientifically investigate what percentage of the world's population could be classified as jerks. The results may surprise you. (laughs) The Jerk Theory tells the story of a young jerk named Stuart Quixler, who after leaving his quiet country town for the bright lights of Seymour, Victoria, and its jerk festival, where he falls into a tawdry affair with a local jerk and becomes even more of a fucking jerk (laughs) before his short life is ended one night down by the Bayou. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. It's a pretty good synopsis. It is very good, actually. i got to get back to the Seymour Bayou sometime. (laughs) Beautiful spot. (laughs) A group of sorority sisters become fed up of being treated poorly by the boys they dated. After noticing these guys all had things in common, the girls come up with a scientific study, the jerk theory, to separate the nice guys from the jerks. An aspiring musician named Adam endures a very bad romantic experience, deciding that if women won't respond to the nice guy, then he'll be the jerk. The strategy is wildly successful, but when he falls for Molly, who doesn't fall for his jerk routine... Adam is forced to reconsider his dating philosophy. Or, a group of friends get summer jobs at the local water park. Their hard-ass manager only gives them five-minute breaks, so their challenge is to figure out the fastest way to get themselves off. 
Whose jerk theory will prove most effective? <laughs> Get themselves off. <laughs> okay. I like um, it. It's sort of, it's like, obviously that's when they're having a, a wank in their yeah, breaks and they've only break. got five minutes. So, Oh, that's what it actually is about. Okay. Um, yeah, obviously. Why would you like have a drink or something to eat? Yeah. In your lunch break at work. It's when- you got a 15 minute break. Sure. Have something to eat sure. as well. But, but priority minutes, yeah. is yeah, yeah. first things first. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, the year was 2009. Uh, it's a different Yeah, time. yeah. Well, it was. Is that American Pie era? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, kind of, what kind of hard-ass manager won't let their staff get off? In their, <laughs> I agree. Know, or give them more time. Anyway, but um, first one was. So you got the documentary. Yeah. You've got the uh, the Seymour Bayou with Stuart Quixler. Mm-hmm. You got the sorority sisters fed up of being treated poorly. You got the aspiring musician who becomes a jerk to get the girls. Or you've got the group of uh, friends jerking it in under five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> I'm going to say, and it's probably one of Jess's. I've got I've got everything writing on this. It's bloody awful. No, uh, okay. Could I have the first and the third? Yeah. One more time, please, man. So you got a feature-length documentary trying to scientifically investigate what percentage of the world's population could be classified as jerks. Nah. The results may surprise yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Or a group of sorority sisters become fed up of being treated poorly by the boys they dated. After noticing these guys all had things Yeah, I'm going to say that one. Lock that one in? Yeah, I'll lock that in. It's probably Jess's, but don't worry about it. <laughs> and what about you, Jess? I think it's the the one about, is it Adam who Adam. is a jerk to date ladies? Yeah. And then falls yeah, for a could, nice girl. Yeah, it could well be that. I reckon it's that one. Yeah, you've sort I mean, they're two, the same vibe, those two, yeah. but from different sides of it. Yeah. All right, well, let's find out who wrote the answers. Uh, the feature-length documentary, that was written by The House, in particular, Edward, the question writer. That's very funny. Hmm. Uh, Edward also wrote the one about the friends jerking themselves off. <laughs> <laughs> Two very different vibes there from Edward, which is great. I, I, like, that. Variety. I like that variety from Edward. Uh, That's funny. Then we had the, the story of Stuart Quixler, uh, who left his quiet country town for the bright lights of Seymour, Victoria, <laughs> which uh, international listeners should know that is also a you know relatively small country town. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, that was written by David Quirk. <laughs> yep. Yeah. The Bayou. The Bayou. Which they don't have. The Bayou. Oh, that's very good. Uh, uh, then we had. Does that mean one of us is right? That means one of you is correct. <gasps> ah, okay. Uh, and so you had the group of sorority sisters, or you had their musician named Adam. Mm hmm. And the correct answer was a musician named Adam, which Jess went for, meaning that David Quirk picked Jess's answer again. <laughs> and got it? Jess got it right. Yeah. And <laughs> Sorry, I just made the p- peeked out. I yelled so hard. And, and uh, Quirk picked Jess's again. I told you I'd pick it. I yeah. can't not. It's like a moth flying <laughs> towards the light. <laughs> So and yeah. I lost, and I lost. Yeah. So the real movie is about aspiring musician named Adam uh, who became a jerk because being the nice guy didn't work. Oh, yuck. And then it becomes really successful. Treat him mean, keep him keen. Yeah. It's, it's funny because in my experience that only works on men. Um, <laughs> well, have you ever tried it on a woman? True. I haven't tried it on a woman. <laughs> I'm generally very nice to women. Yeah. But if I'm a bit, if I'm a bit aloof... Or indifferent to a man. They come running. Mm. I'm not saying like romantically. I've used this in work settings to get people to do their fucking jobs. Yeah, yeah, good one. Smart. (laughs) Wait. No. (laughs) Years ago, before we worked together, I used it on Matt. There's this scene apparently, because IMDb has all these quotes from it. There's this scene where one of the kids is like, so you're like married to God? And he's like, yeah. And and then he's like, I know where this is going. I'm not gay. Tom Arnold, as the reverend says. Jesus. Oh, God. you can fully imagine that, actually, That's, can't you? Yeah. And then it, <laughs> and when when was it made? 2023. 2009. <laughs> that was one of the highlight quotes. Wow, a highlight quotes. That's one of the best bits. Mm. Okay, sure. 
Uh, there's not a lot of info about the movie, uh, but, it, yeah, it doesn't sound like it's too good. It uh, does. It has Channing Tatum's ex-wife in it. The two reviews I saw gave it uh, between one and one and a half stars. Wow. So not bad. <laughs> I mean, a star's a star. <laughs> so a uh, final score check. We've got David Quirk on two points, mm. The House on four points, but way out in front on 12 points what? on Jeff Perkins. 12? Well, you got uh, <gasps> triple make, points in that last round. You got maximum six points. I make you look pretty good, don't I, Jess? Oh, you make me look so good. Can you come back every single time <laughs> yeah, I'm on this yeah. pod? David Quirk, you've got a festival show coming up at the Comedy Festival? Yes, yes. I'd like all the listeners in Brooklyn and um, <laughs> the UK to come and see the show that I'm doing in Melbourne in about – well, it depends when this comes out, but it should be in less than a month. Yeah, it's so late March. Same as Matt. Jess, you're not doing a show this year? I am doing you a show. You are doing a show, full yeah, run? Yeah, nice second half. Oh, lucky you. Yeah, which I'm very happy about. So that is the dream. Yeah. I don't know why I've agreed to this. But, yeah, I'm doing a full run of the Melbourne Comedy Festival. It's a brand new show. It's called Cobra or Cobra, depending on where you do things. It's uh, the golf club brand. Yeah, it's mm. about the Stallone film yep. from the 80s. It's yeah. not at all. But... Um, there's so many cobras. No, thanks. And thanks. that's at the Melbourne Town Hall? It is the Melbourne Town Hall. Awesome. Melbourne International Comedy Festival. And Jess, you're doing a show? I'm doing a show. It's called Almost Maybe. It's at the Improv Conspiracy. And, yeah, second half of the festival. And only Friday to Sunday. So I've only got six shows, which oh, is just is so good. the dream. And some of them are nearly sold out. So people should, if they want to go see, they should get on it Get your quick. little tickies. I'm also doing a show called Ding at the Chinese Museum for the full run. Also, um, no, I just was in Adelaide. Don't worry about that. And we're uh, doing this podcast in Melbourne on the 9th of April. And at the Brisbane Comedy Festival on May the 14th, you can grab tickets all that now via mattstewartcomedy.com. Thanks so much, both of you, for joining us. Thank you for having us. I love us. you. And cheers to everyone for tuning in to Who Knew It with Matt Stewart. Now that you know it, I've been Matt Stewart. Goodbye. <laughs>
Was that, an old, that was it an is. old bit of yours, wasn't it? Yeah. That's One actually my, my real name. <laughs> oh, it's not really even a bit, is it? But anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, it's my real name. Quirk. Little joke there. <laughs> Shut up, asshole. <laughs> I'm David Quirk. <laughs> I'm doing an impersonation of Ben Russell's impersonation of you, yeah. which is not, not a particularly good one. <laughs> my one of his. His of you is fantastic. Oh, I mean, he's very good mm. at to, to everyone else. Baffling. To me it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the dream is to be impersonatable. It just means you've got to yeah, think. Yeah. Dave Thornton also loves doing one of me. Yeah. yeah. Always, it always involves having the head back for some reason. Right. Like and I think Ben does it as well. It's like maybe I do that. I'm like, oh, like that's an impression of Ben and Dave doing an impression of me. The yeah, right, back. okay. And they sort of go, what's the, <laughs> like, well, I mean, what's going, you know. Interesting. <laughs> Something like that. Okay. I'm going to be paying a lot more attention Make to what your head is. Even doing. more like the, a dumb c- Honestly, the dream <laughs> for me is someone imp- impersonating you. That's I'll, that I'll do flattery it. or whatever. I'll start doing it. Oh, yeah. Uh, now? Yeah, yeah, go on. <laughs> I think I'd, I'd have to go with the fashion first. Like, I'd fully mm. embody it. The tight, right. tight black jeans. Yeah. Here's <laughs> my impression of it. Okay, great. It's like, what, you, <laughs> what did you think of that joke? Is that something you say? It's like, oh, no, I've got off to a. Because <laughs> I've got off to a pretty middling st- I can't do it. I can't do it. What do you think of that joke? <laughs> that's your whole act, isn't it? <laughs> oh, that's me on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know how you walk Just out? Just needy. You know? <laughs> yeah. You walk out and Most you deliberately set yourself up quite like badly. And yeah. Then, don't yeah, you? Yeah, Just to get out. Yeah. Yes. I can't do an impression of it, but I know it. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm glad you know that that's on purpose. <laughs> I do, I do. I've seen it. I enough. think others would think it's just incompetence. No, no, it's great. Um... <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of that joke? <laughs> Other comedians a just they'll, match, they'll yeah. wait for a laugh to let them know, not me. It's silence and yeah. I'm like, what do you think? Well, I'm still not sure what they think. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to need some. Other comedians would be like, I'm bombing, not me. I'm like, hmm, let's find Maybe out. there's more to this. Yeah. I'm crushing, but let's confirm that. Yeah. God knows what they wanted it for. Like doing a few line reads of that just to give myself an option in the end. God knows what they <laughs> wanted it for. There's one if you want to use that. Yeah, that's pretty good. God knows what they wanted it for. But he's English. God knows what they want it for. God knows what he want it for. The governor. <laughs> God knows what he wanted it for. Your Highness, back from the dead. God knows what he wanted it for. <laughs> The Queen, back from the dead. <laughs> Little joke there. <laughs> Done. Little joke there. Um, Little joke there. That'll be all. That'll be all. <laughs> I'm a very good comedian. <laughs> Come on, guys, I'm right here. Thank you. I am a very good comedian. <laughs> and no, that isn't a stage name. No, I don't, I don't, it's not how we talk. No, it's not. Fuck up. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. But Do me. Um, <clears throat> so did you say something? <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm Jess Perkins. That's something you say a lot, isn't it? That's spot on. Oh, I'm Jess Perkins. I do say that a lot, actually. I'm terrified people will forget my name. Hello, I'm Jess Perkins. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's pretty, that's pretty good. Oh, my God. Thanks for your patience, everyone. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.